Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Podcast lovers, how the fuck are you, friends? Welcome to the show. Lions Lounge Lockdown is sponsored for the entire 2021 season by Match Scaffolding. Match Scaffolding is a company that is owned by a season ticket holder of Millwall and he's a personal friend of mine. So if you need some scaffolding in your life, in your home, in your workplace, wherever it may be, then please check out Match Scaffolding's contact details in the description of this audio podcast offering. Our guest today is an absolute fucking warrior of a man. He had three years at Millwall, the years he had previous to Millwall, what he's done post-football but stayed within football. It's a remarkable story, and I don't want to ruin it for you. So please enjoy Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 44. Alan Walker, seriously, get a load of this man. Okay, so we're going to go in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 44. Alan Walker, Al, thanks for joining us, mate. I'm very pleased to be here, mate. No problem. Over the moon to have you on. We had a long chat off camera about um, our paths cross back late, or late in your career and early in my failed career as in, in the Kent football. But today we're going to talk about your mill career, 85 to 88. Just short 100 games. Just saying as well, eight goals for a centre-half. It's not bad at all. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I went bad, to be fair. It's, um, and we did work a lot on set pieces, to be fair. And in the air, I was... was Basically, my forty. I wasn't the best player in the world on the floor, but uh, but in the air, I was I was very very strong. You came to the club in nineteen eighty five. I said from from Lincoln. How did it come about coming to Millwall? Had a few. Had a few. Uh, I was in the Bradford Fire. I was in the stand in the Bradford Fire. Was I you really? Yeah, because if you remember, it was Lincoln City. I was I was suspended. There's a fucking shot. Me suspended. Right? I was suspended. So I'm in the stand with my dad, and one of our players got injured. Uh, on the pitch and he'd come over the tunnel in the stand I was actually in the stand but went up and um, um, he'd come over the tunnel and come one of the Lincoln City pie go to the dressing room so I am looking around I'll go down dad you know and I went down and a lad called Steve Collins broke his ankle and I went in the ambulance with him down to the down to the hospital we're in the hospital waiting and waiting and all of a sudden all these people coming in all black had to talk about him black and Someone said, oh, the stand's gone up. So I got, and I spoke to a nurse and she said, well, you've got no chance of him being treated. Like. So I got him on my back, carried him like a mile back to the, back to the, um, to the stadium. And I said, it was pretty much over by then. Like, um, oh. And um, said, does anyone know where the players are? Like, you know, and all that. And, and they were in a pub up the road. I went up to the pub. Thank God my dad was in the pub, you know. Um, he was in the stand, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, and he, he'd only just got out. My dad only just got out. Um, and obviously we had, to, we had to go to the funerals and all that. And it's, But that was that was the last game of the season. On the following Wednesday, went to Mallorca with the team, with Lincoln team, you know, but it was only a few of us went, to be fair. The diehards, you know what I mean? So, yeah. and Magaluf, Magaluf, you know, it's like... <laughs> and, uh, 
On the way back, the fucking plane crashed. Crashed at Leeds Bradford Airport. What? Um, yeah, and uh, it was like it, it ran off the end of the runway and into a field. And um, if you if you look Leeds Bradford Airport crash, you Google it. You, there's pictures and with all the shoots and the planes like fucking that in the field. It's the nose wheel went up inside it, you know, and all that. Oh. Um, no, no one was killed. There was a couple of broken legs and arms and things, something like that. But it was a fucking panic. Absolute panic, like, as you can imagine, you know. I had a bit of a look at that around that time. And then, like I say, bad luck comes in freeze and you join me a war, well, but that turned out to be a well, just after, yeah. <laughs> well, just after that, I met George, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Signed for Bill Wall. On my debut, I fucking punched him and broke my ribs. So I uh, fucking... And then I got a graduate fever, which made it last three months. So that's so, the three things then, isn't it? That was the three things. Yeah, that was the three things, wasn't it? You know, so... Um, a bit of a tough time to start with, you know. Um, I was our contract in Lincoln City, and um, it was before the days of Bosman, so they were just paying me a week to week. And I, I was ambitious; I wanted to to, to get higher. And then um, I got a call off George George Graham, and he met me um, in Peterborough at a hotel, which you know it weren't a problem in them days. You could do that; that weren't a problem. I weren't doing nothing wrong. And um, as soon as I met him, um, that was it. Um, uh, and uh, two weeks later, I was I was down. Uh, George picked me up from the train station in London mm. and took me straight to the training camp. We went to a training camp in Ipswich, shortly, 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 somebody was. And I met the lads there for the first time. I thought you said we went to a training camp in like America or something. Or, no, <laughs> where was it, the training camp? <laughs> in Ipswich. It was in um, um, a place called Shotley. Oh, right. Uh, um, on the coast, some, some sort of Navy camp, you know, and... Uh, Oh, it was good. It was good. I really enjoyed the preseason, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think at this point we've just been promoted. We've just been promoted as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, um, George got me to replace Kuzak. Dave Kuzak. Right. Um, Kuz was in the same position as me on a, on a at the end of his contract, and I think he went to South End, didn't he? You know, and um, and George needed a, a big centre half, and um, and didn't have any money. So they took it to the tribunal, and I think the fee was thirty-two thousand five hundred, um, with a with a sell-on clause or something, you know, um, um, and that was mainly the that was mainly down to the fact that I was on peanuts at Lincoln City, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. he got me he got me cheap, and uh, he, he he didn't want to pay that to be honest with you, but he <laughs> but he, he he made a commitment, George. He said, "Look, I'll I'll go to a tribunal with you," and. Um, Whatever happens, I promise you, we'll sign you. Even if they say it's hundred grand, like you know, um, and, they, and it was thirty-two-five. So uh, that was a start of three great years. You know. Yeah. What did he? What did he sell? How did he sell it to you? Did he say, you know, we're looking to go press on again, or was he saying we're looking to, to stabilise now, or did he really believe, you know, we could push on again? Um, he did believe we could push on again. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he didn't really have to sell it to me. No, no one was a, a massive club as far as I was concerned compared to. Lincoln City. I played for Lincoln at the Den, um, you know, so I knew what it was like. And, um, uh, you know, and George himself being a legend, like, you know, um, yeah. you know, I'm from Manchester originally, and I'm Man United fan. He played for Man United, you know, um, and a lot he hasn't won, George, you know, so, and he talks a great game, to be honest with you. And, he's, and he played a great game and managed a great game, didn't he, you know, so. It was it was you know done within five minutes of meeting him to be fair. Yeah, like you say, it must be you must have been a great player. So it's some compliment for George Grant to come after you, you know, and, and want you on board. Yeah, pleasing, pleasing. Uh, it was a shame. It was a shame because I suffered a little bit with injuries and illness at the very beginning, and George was already committed to going to Arsenal. Then I'd have liked to have worked, you know, longer than I did with George. He taught me a massive amount to be fair. You know, mm, mm. what's your first impressions of the Den? Did you ever play at the Den as a Lincoln player or, or for anyone else? Yeah, I played, for, I played uh, with Lincoln um, once or twice, I think. Um, and I, I can remember being there once or twice, you know, um, when I was there. But uh, I can just remember my first my first real game, um, going to a, the first game of the season, we play, or one of the first games of the season, was Leeds United at home. Uh, obviously at the Den and... Uh, I can't remember the score, I'll be honest with you, but I can just remember because I was injured. I'll tell you about the injury in a while. Um, I sat in the stands 
But when they started doing no one likes us, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up and everything. I was like, I'm at a real club here. Like, you know, this is the bollocks. You know? Yeah. So I was so chuffed, you know, and uh, I'm so impressed to be fair, you know. It's a lovely little, it was a lovely little intimidating ground, wasn't it? You must have been pleased to be on the right side of things this time around. Yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, the fans were brilliant with me, to be fair. Um, you know, um, like I said, I was injured quite early in my career. And then once I came back, uh, I got some great receptions. I, mm. I weren't a good player, but I gave everything I've got. You know, I was 100% and I was hard. And, uh, and I think they loved that, you know, so. That fits perfectly. I, mean, I got on good with them. Yeah, that's right. You know, you know, if you're trying, if you're giving them everything you've got, and you have a goal, like you know, they'll 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 back you to the death, like you know. Exactly, yeah. How old was you then? When you joined me, or was you? Was it early in your career? Late in your career? Uh, 23, 24. Oh, so nice. Still nice and early in your career. You had um, yeah. Let's talk about some of your teammates because it's a very interesting one. You've we're going to talk. Obviously, we're going to get onto later on the the, the class of eighty eight and the promotion winning side, but you. You come before the dock under George Graham, right in the early stages of that that team, you know, moulded into what it would later become yeah. something special. And just, so I want to talk really about players in the team at that point when you was there. Let's talk about a few. Uh, I'll put notes down. Uh, a young Rhino and Alan McCleary. They must have been very young at that point. They were. They were. I didn't. Uh, I think Rhino played, but Maca Maca weren't quite in it. And um, I was. I played alongside like Lindsay Smith. And Mickey Nutton as centre backs, um, and then uh, Les was there. Les was still <laughs> Les was still there, a bit, knocking about in centre mid. But with people like Steve Lowndes, Nicky Chatton, um, and Anton Atlikowski. Yeah. Um, and up front was Fash was there when I first came, and, I, and Fash was at Lincoln with me. I knew Fash really well, you know. Right. Uh, I've got him written down there. Fash, what was he like? Um, because <laughs> he comes well, across to me as a little bit of an eccentric, but he is, he is, he's um, a real funny guy, a real funny guy. Um, he was great fun, I got on fantastic with him. I I played with him a couple of years at Lincoln, like I said, and then he came to Millwall just before me, and then I came um, in, the, in the in the summer, and um, and they used to, I was staying at the Clarendon in Blackheath, the Clarendon Hotel when I first came down, and Fash was living in Blackheath and used to pick me up. So we'd travel in together and, um, um, you know, because we knew each other so well, like, you know. And mm. he, on his day, he was an absolute handful, but um, he could have a lot of days where he didn't want to know, um, you know. But he's a great lad. I, you know, I wouldn't say a bad word about him. He's a good lad. You played with uh, him. You played with him, obviously, at Lincoln yeah. and at Mere Wall, but did you ever have any like, many tussles with him in training? Because he didn't hold back, did he? He fast picked his fights with who he wanted to. He, <laughs> he, he, if he knew he got the better of you, he would be a bully, a real bully. Yeah. But if he didn't, there were certain players, I'm not going to mention them, but there were certain players we would go and we knew, the lads knew, Fash weren't going to turn up because the centre half was one who he didn't fancy. Oh, you know, really? and um, yeah. But when he did, when he, but he was, don't get me wrong, he was a handful, real handful. Mm. But he, if he didn't fancy it, he didn't fancy it, you know. Oh, fair enough, fair yeah. enough, yeah. It's an interesting one for me because I, so I first started going in 87, 88. So I don't, I remember that, but just about. And just previous to that, some some fantastic players like um, Anton Alawowski. Is that, is that you say? Yeah. What was he like, Anton? Anton Alawowski, yeah. Yeah, I'll leave you to it. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was he like? Yeah, he was a great player. He was fantastic. He was a, like a winger, attacking midfielder. He was a gymnast, a trained gymnast. And the number of penalties he used to get just by running at someone, and, and he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant at, at that sort of thing, you know. And he um, uh, was a good lad. He was a good lad. We had a lad, uh, Tony Kinsella, as well. Tony was a great player as well, attacking midfielder, really, really good. Um, Kevin Bremner, um, I, I thought Bremner was brilliant for from the wall. Um, but and I spoke to George about why he let him go. And George just said to me, he thought he didn't quite have the the, the level of class needed for that step up. Um, but at the lower levels, he was great centre forward. Jeff, like, mm. you know, still speaking, he lives in Gillingham. I know him very well, and he used to work for me. He's a, a real good lad, you know. Yeah, he's a legend, Brent. He's a legend. Oh, so we finish in that first season back, which it was our first season back in the old Division Two, which would now be the Championship. 
So we finished ninth. So not a bad season at all. Is there any highlights you can pick out from that season? I, I, I on my debut, on, on my debut at Millwall preseason friendly, I, um, I um, against Coventry, big Steve Agrizovic, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, he came out, kneed me in my back, broke three ribs, and punched me lung. And I was in Greenwich Hospital for a week, and I was out three months. And I, I, was, I struggled with it because um, just towards the end of it, I got glandular fever as well. So as you can imagine, my start to life at them was 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 um, I struggled, you know, um, just because I, I weren't fit, you know. And uh, but then gradually got fit, and then I made my debut at Plough Lane. Um, I remember we drew one all, and I made the goal for Steve Lovell. I, I did a little flick, believe it or not, a little flick over the top of the. Over the it was, I was up for a corner and came to the edge of the area, and it came to me, and, he, and I just dummied I was going to shoot, flicked it over the top. Lovers scored, like you know, so so that was good. But it was, um, I can't really remember anything in that season that would I would go, wow, you know, that was mm. that was fantastic. You know, my memories are more about the, the, the fantastic things that happened in the next couple of years, you know. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned Steve so, Lovell there, he scored a few goals for us, didn't he? Lovers was brilliant. I played with Lovers, like I said, at, uh, at Millwall, at Gillingham, and at Barney. And one of the best scorers, goal scorers I've seen. He scored the best goal I've ever seen. He scored a volley from the halfway line um, at Doncaster Rovers when I was playing for Gillingham. Uh, but Jesus, he could score a goal. He was he was awesome. Uh, um, he was an international he, and everything, you know. So, real good, good player. So let's move on to the, the 1986-87 season. Which at which point you'll have to help me out? Because I've, I've tried researching, I can't find. I know that George Ram left and Doc replaced him. What, was that the start of the season in the summer or mid-season in the 86-87? Do you remember? Uh, I, I think it was uh, in summer. Mm. I remember right, it was in summer. George had gone to Arsenal and, um, and um, yeah, and then the, the doc came. Cause I remember the first time I met him was at pre-season training, so it must have been. Yeah. Um, and um, no idea who he was. Never heard of him. Um well, he was great, brilliant doc. I thought, um, uh, you know, he let me go, um, but I'll come to that later. Um, yeah. You know, I don't blame him in any way, shape, or form. Um, but he was brilliant. Uh, some of the things he did, the organisation, he had his funny ways, but he was he was great. You know, for one so small as well, he had quite a presence, didn't he? I've had I've, I've had a few players go, oh, I, was, I was shit scared of him. He was about five yeah, foot yeah, four. He, what do you think? Yeah, he was. He's a midget. So Midge, always smoking cigars, always singing. He used to, he used to make the players come back in his in his in his room in, his, in, the, in the manager's room in the den, and you'd have to do it. You had to, you had to sing. Everybody had to sing. It was it was it was crazy times, like to be honest with you, but but brilliant. And we had um, we had a side, like I said, the doc eventually let different people go and brought in the kids. Mac Macca came in, um, Nicky Coleman came in at left back. Um, and then uh, uh, he brought Teddy started to play because Teddy played just once or twice, I think, towards the end when when uh, when George was there. Mm. And um, Teddy came in and a lot of Mickey Marks. I don't know if you remember Mickey Marks. Um, well, he was a young apprentice who played through it. We had Teddy and Mickey Marks. They were like nineteen and eighteen, I think, something like that. You know? Yeah. Um, and they were to be fair, they were brilliant. But what we did have, we had Rhino, myself, Macca and Nicky Coleman, and we had worked with John Dot with um, George Graham as a back four, day after day after day after day. George was brilliant working with a back four. And we had Paul Sampson in goal mm. and um, a Les in front of us in midfield, uh, who was a great older midfielder like, like that. And... We were hard to beat and we worked on the offside trap, as you know, because um, that's what George did at Arsenal as well. And we were very hard to beat. We used to win a lot of games 1-0. I can remember going to Brighton on New Year's Day in that season. Um, we got absolutely battered and won 1-0. I think Marks scored. We were 1-0. And I remember coming off in the second half and he used to slow up the old ground, the Goldstone ground. And... The half down at the bottom was like a quagmire where they'd just been constantly attacking us, you know, and we just defended, defended, defended really well. We would waste time 
and all that. George George was the one who got us doing all that about everyone crowding around the referee and everyone, everyone, if a ball got knocked in, everyone put their arm up for offside to try and influence the ref and the linesman, you know. Mm. Um, it was very much gamesmanship. And it worked. And it worked at Arsenal for him as well, didn't it? That was it? an Arsenal-Arsenal so, Arsenal thing, but it had no but, uh, season, that but, one, didn't they? Sorry, I spoke to Tony Adams about it. And, he's, and we were talking about George's methods. And he'd done exactly the same with Arsenal boys as he did with us. You know? yeah. and, and Millwall went up on the strength of great defence. Don't get me wrong, second half of the season, cast kicked in, didn't he? You know what I mean? And, uh, and scored a few. Uh, but, but we were very, very good defensively. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I you know what? You've, you've covered... <laughs> I've real notes, and you just covered everything brilliantly. And there was sorry, sorry, like man. I said, you know, um, you, you played 48 games that season, scoring three goals in that 86 87 season. I was going to ask who was predominantly your center part, your center back partner in that season because I'm sure I remember as a, as a kid, was it Ryan Iowa right back at this point when I was a kid? He was, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. So, what was you used to play center yeah, back with Alan Mack, Alan Mack, McCleary. yeah, 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 Alan Mack, yeah, Alan Mack with a great understanding. The only trouble is we used to call Alan's ball a couple of times and uh, to be fair, I've given him a few stitches in his head <laughs> where um, ball called Alan, you know what I mean? And uh, um, but, uh, He's a great, he's still great pals, so to speak, you know, quite a lot, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. he's, uh, it, but it was, he, he was a cultured footballer, Al, real good footballer and uh, and had a bit of pace. So he complimented me and, you know, I was like the one who picked up the big guard centre forward, like, Mike was touch-eyed up around and that. Mm, Very good yeah. player. And some notable additions as well. You mentioned the youth, and I had it written down there. Brian Horn, of course, comes through and dislodges um, Paul Sampson as number one at this point. Orny was, I think Orny's the best keeper I've ever played with. Um, he, he, um, we went to, uh, Sheff, I think it was Sheffield United, we went there and Paul Sampson was ill. And Orny had to make his debut. And he was absolutely brilliant. And then he let a, a real soft one in um, uh, for them to win 2-1, I think. I think Peter Wiv was up front at the time, and that's how long ago it was. And um, But he was that good that the doc kept him in, and Sammy never got his place back and uh, ended up going at the end yeah. of the season, you know. So, uh, but Sammy was a good keeper as well, you know. So. Yeah. Another name you mentioned then, and again, you know, no disrespect, when I think back to that class of 88, as, especially as a, as a young kid at the time, I remember Cass, I remember Teddy, you know, I remember Ke uh, Kevin O'Callaghan on the win, but one name has cropped up that I didn't even remember, and he's coming on the show next month, and you mentioned him, as Michael Marks. I looked at his goal-scoring record, it's phenomenal for me, for, for as long as it lasted. I think he was the youngest yeah. person ever to score a hat or quickest hat-trick or something. Yeah, he, Marks, he was a different class, you know, um, um, he ended up, I think he ended up going to Leighton Orient, um, but he uh, put a great lad that still, again, I still speak to him a lot. Um, lovely, lovely lad. And um, and he was an for a young kid. He, he, you know, he, he led the line for us up there. You know, he was, he was, he was a good, good player, you know. Mm. But for us to get where we did, we needed something that bit better. And uh, the dot went out and got cast. You know? Yes, he got Cass, Terry Erlock, Dennis Salman and Jimmy Carter as well. Some good other additions. Yeah, when he, when he first came, Doc, he, he, Danny was, I think Danny was one of the first he got. And he got um, David Byrne. He got David Byrne, who was, who, yeah, yeah. was there with us. And, and Bernie played a big part. He, you know, he, he weren't quite a calibre of, of, of a Cali or a, or a George Lawrence or something like that. But he, when he first came, he got him and him. And John Leslie came. Mm. Um, you know, um, and a few of us like that who just tidied us through until the you know eventually then Terry came, and Terry came in in a place like a whirlwind. He was um, he was amazing. I've never met a lot like him. To be fair, like you know, uh, for for a real real hard boy, he was one of the funniest men I've ever met. You know, um, he's he is he is alleged still Terry. To be fair. I don't think there's anyone who don't like him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm sure he's got his enemies somewhere, but uh, but not amongst the Bill Ward boys. Not at all. <laughs> Everyone loved Terry. He's such a character. Another player, a youth team player, I just want to speak about before we move on, is spoke fondly of you, Darren Morgan, but he's a little bit scared of you, are you, for, for, for a certain reason? <laughs> Darren Morgan, yeah. Uh, another great little player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can't really mention that, can we? You know, uh, 
it well, was hold- quite funny. It was yeah. It was a uh, it was uh, on an away trip, and uh, basically I uh, I threatened to uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and more or less almost did. And, uh, but, but it was all fun. It was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, he was crapping himself. To be fair, he thought I was serious. And, uh, but uh, <laughs> now it was funny. There was a lot of the boys in the room when it when it was happening. Yeah, and, no, uh, they, I, he, he spoke he, about. It, he thought it was hilarious. So and, and all he told the story as well. All he loved it. So all yeah. in good jest, mate. All in good jest. So let's move on. We, we think this is a funny one. Maybe it was the integration of, of some youngsters coming through. But the team looks like a better team that finished ninth the season before. We finished sixteenth that season. Um, and then, of course, we move on to the 87-88 season, the, the season that will always be remembered as, as a historic one for the club. Yeah. Um, well, Dot went out and strengthened um, in in some key positions. Uh, Cass, obviously, was a big one. He was, well, I think, was obviously a quarter of a million, I think, Cass from Gillingham or something. Mm. Um, although, for me, Cass didn't really play until after Christmas because it took him that long to get fit because he... Uh, he struggled a bit with his weight, cast to be fair, you know. Um, so, uh, but he, he was brilliant after Christmas, you know. I mean, absolutely brilliant. Um, and he got George Lawrence. George brought a lot from his know-how with um, Southampton and Oxford and that, you know. And Steve Wood came because there was only me and Alan McCleary as two centre halves. Right. Yeah. And um, and Woody came. Um, and it was brilliant because we had three. So if anyone ever was ever struggling, there was three of us together, you know. And, yeah. and I played both with Mac and with Woody. Woody had struggled a little bit early on with injury. So perhaps I played more games than I might have done, I'll be honest with you, you know what I mean? But, uh, because yeah. Woody was a good, good footballing centre-half, um, you know, and proper good-looking lad. He never, he wouldn't put his head in and, and get a scar, like, you know what I mean? But... Uh, but he was a good player, real good player, you know. And uh, um, so we had we had strength all around. And then by then, Sean Sparham had come through, a uh, fullback. Yeah. Um, you know, so we were we were strong. We were strong um, mm. all around the pitch. To be fair, like you know, it was. You played thirty-four games, scored six goals. That's. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, um, uh, I went through a spell where I was I was undroppable and I was doing really well because Woody was back fit. 
And I think the doc had bought Woody to, to partner him with Mac, um, you know, and maybe have me as backup, you know. Um, 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 but he he was injured a lot, Woody. And then I was playing so well that he couldn't really drop me. And then we went to Birmingham one night and I um, uh, can't remember who sent it forward. It was now a big, big name at Birmingham City, but a long, long time and um, I was marking the centre forward and Orney is in goal was a shattered keeper's ball and I stopped for one minute and then Orney went no away and by then the centre forward got a run on me and scored and we lost 1-0 and that, and that was it that was the dog's chance to get Woody in and uh, and then Woody came in and I was left out and I never played another game I was subbed I was subbed a few times and that yeah it's a shame because um, I noticed you know, I said now, again, you, you helped me with my notes because I, in my notes I said uh, would come to the club and also Dave Thompson came through as well, didn't he? So, and then you started to not yeah, play we, as much. Yeah, well, to, yeah, Tomo came through, but Tomo didn't weren't playing without when I was there. He was he was he was about, but Still very young. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, what happened on 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 deadline day? Uh, Ipswich and Gillingham came in for me, mm. and um, the doc wouldn't let me speak to it, which said no, because they were in the same league. But said, look, he rang, he rang the doc's fine. He rang me and said, look, Gillingham are coming for you. Um, we've, we've agreed a fee, but you don't have to go. Yeah. But I did, because I'd been docked, you know, and uh, I weren't playing. I was a bit miffed. Um, and, I, and to my... I in regret. I, uh, I I took the, the plunge, you know, and went. I got. I'll be honest, with you, I got a lot of money, and um, uh, it weren't for the money. I was. It was more the. I was so gutted about not playing. I was soaking, probably, you know. I, yeah. I think back, and I was like, "What was I doing?" You know. Yeah, um, and the doc was thinking he's got young Tom Oakham, who's come through. Who's again a great lad and a good player. You know, he's more like Tom was more like me than uh, than the other two. You know, he was a similar player to me, mm. and so we had someone ready-made replacement, and uh, so he, he was prepared to let me go. So I went. Uh, do I regret it massively in some respects because I absolutely loved the wall, absolutely loved it, um, but um, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have met my wife, I wouldn't have had my kids. You know what I mean? Mm. So. You got to look at it in, in certain ways, and I went on to, have to still have a great career. You know what I mean? So, but but um, Millwall was and still is my, my club, that, you know. So. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one because it happened so quickly. So you, you you came through the the tough times at the club almost into getting us into that position, and you played. You pretty much started every game right up to the twelfth of December. So yeah. Did you actually yeah, was... did you actually leave before the end of the season? I left on deadline day. Yeah, transfer deadline day. Mm. Oh, so you, you wasn't there for. I thought well, you wasn't there for the running or anything. Then no, for the final running. I missed. I missed. I think I missed whatever twelve games or whatever it was. The last twelve games. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I was. If if we didn't have a game at Gillingham, I was up at the deadline. I don't know. And funny enough, the um, uh, the club took the boys to Barbados. Yeah. And, and, and uh, at the end of the season on a on a tour and. The doc rang me and invited me on it, you know. So it was it was great. Um, he was a bit worried. He, he rang me and said, "Look, I want you to come because you're a big, massive part of this season for us, but I can't control you because I'm not your boss anymore, you know." Because I had a bit of a reputation. I was a bit of a, I was a bit of a lad, you know. So I had to swear to the Almighty God that I wouldn't do anything untoward. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was uh, you know. So I've still got. Um, you know, I have no ill feeling at all towards Doc or to anyone, you know. Yeah. The lads were amazed. The lads were, rang me up afterwards and said, can't believe you've gone. Why have you gone? You didn't need to go, you know. Because I had another year in Millwall. I had yeah. another year's contract. Um, and I regret it. I regret it. But, uh, mm. but then again, I don't. You know, life is what it is. And yeah. I just, I'm just happy I've got the great memories I have of playing for them, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't obviously personally remember it, but just looking at the stats, he was there, you know, always used, always played, scoring goals, and then all of a sudden, just just yeah. in quite, a, quite an instant. And 
I wonder if the doc regrets that as well. But also, that was very good of him. And it's, it's, it's good to know that it ended the way it did. You get to go on the end of season trip as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean we were, we, it wasn't a falling out. I, I, uh, you know, he gave me the option of staying. You know, it was it, it, it was my my choice. You know, mm. I, uh, but it was through soaking. I, I was soaking. You know, mm. um, like I said, I regret it. I regret it um, in, in that sense. But you know, you've just got to. It's a choice I made in my life, and uh, got to live with it. But. Uh, yeah. But it, like I said, it was great. I got my medal. I got, I, you know, I'm, I'm part of that team that did it. You know, and um, you had something to offer the team through the stadium and kicked on into the top flight. Um, no, no disrespect. You, what you, you said to me three or four times, I wasn't the best player, but I gave everything. Do you, do you still have the yeah. money? You could have done a job in. in oh the yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I played, I played lots of games against. You know, like we we go. We played uh, Premier League or first division teams as they were then in the cups and all that, and like QPR and all that, and um, Arsenal, uh, you know. And I didn't find it any, any, you know, West Ham. I didn't find it any, any um, great shakes different, you know. Um, whether I'd have done it or not, I don't. Know, we'll never know, you know. But uh, yeah. I, I certainly believe I could have done, you know. So. I was obviously a lot fitter, a lot stronger than that in them days, you know. But uh... Yeah, you mentioned Arsenal there as well. One of your last games for me, Wall, you went and played against the old gaffer at Highbury, a 2-0 loss in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't we didn't play until the second half, unfortunately. We were 2-0 down. And, um, I, think, I think David Rockcastle was scored a goal that day and uh, Alan Smith, I think he was... Yeah. No, it, it was a strong, strong team, and uh, and we gave a good account of ourselves. And I just remember the Millwall fans like just took over the clock in, and it was crazy. They were, I've never heard anything like it. Um, there's another that season as well. I think we went to QPR in the League Cup, and um, I scored. Um, and David Seaman was in goal for QPR at the time. I remember, yeah. and I can just remember Millwall took the ground over, and it was mental. I, I've never heard. Noise like it, you know, and yeah. we went. Uh, I think we went to we went to West Ham as well in like the silly cup, like Simon Rover Trophy or something like that, whatever it was in them days, you know. S -s something oh. like that, yeah. We went and built one two one at West Ham, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, you know. So I didn't, I didn't think that it was too, too much of a problem, like you know. But uh, we'll never know. We'll never know. So what division were Gillingham in when yeah. you left to go to Gillingham? What division were they in at that point? Gillingham were, Gilling were uh, in the third. In the third. But I spoke to Cass. Cass had just come from Gillingham. The year, the great little club, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I went there and I met a, met, met a, I met a, um, a manager in the hotel um, and ended up going because... Um, like I said, I don't know what you know I did, uh, but within a, within the first week, I was going. What have I done? You know, and I can tell straight away. It was Steve Lovell was there um, from my old my old my old teammate, um, and they had some players, a couple of players here and there. But it was a shambles, shambles. Oh really? And um, I was like, oh no, um, yeah, yeah. I did well. I got player of the year every year. I was there. I was there four years. Player of the year and that. And, uh, I got in the PFA team, you know all that. So I was doing well, you know. Came back and played Millwall once, twice, twice, once in pre-season. We played you in the in the um, silly again in the League Cup. I think it was uh, at Millwall first game. I think we got beat three-one. That was great because I got a great reception coming coming. Um, at the end of the game, coming down the tunnel, uh, all, the, all the fans were brilliant to me. And then we played you at, um, it was a draw, one each at, at Gillingham, something like that. Yeah. And then we played the pre-season friendly when when you had gone up, we played you. Um, and that was, that, was, that was good. John McGinley and that was playing then, just a few years later, like, you know. Yeah, that's like 90, 91, um, 92, around that stick, I think, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I keep, yeah. I keep thinking back to that Cheap. to that Barbados trip. How, how buzzing was you when you got that call? Well, it was brilliant. I, I, the doctor rang me and I just put the phone down and Rhino rang 
Um, I mean, I, Rhino was my, my roommate um, for the first 18 months. And then the doc had to split us up because we were a bit uh, a couple of terrorists, to be fair. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he put me without a Mac. Uh, you know, and uh, um, uh, I was like, unbelievable. Like, it's fantastic. It was, uh, the trip was brilliant. And somehow I got some, we had some funny things happened on that trip, some great things. Uh, you know, but uh, can't really talk about most of them, but to be honest with you, but, uh, but brilliant, brilliant, brilliant times. And yeah. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. That's just what that's just such a great, um, commendable way for it to end for you. And it couldn't, couldn't actually gone any better. You know, sometimes players leave clubs and it can be a little bit, oh, fuck them. But you to go back and get invited back at the end just shows how well thought of you was within the squad and by the club. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to think so anyway. You know, uh, yeah. well, I think that the proof's in the pudding. If the manager invites you, like, you know, um, and I was there, I roomed with Cali while we were in Barbados. Which was the next uh, next door to us was Rhino and Terry Erlock. and it was and it was chaos, absolute chaos, honestly. Um, and uh, I think Audi had been away with England. He'd been called to the England squad, I think. And he'd been away him and Teddy, and they got. I think they got. They came. They came a bit later. Um, it was a great, great trip. That was uh, some fantastic men. Got some great photos. Uh, you know, and uh, great memories. Um, Steve Anthropus, Big Steve. Do you remember Big Steve Anthropus? Yeah, Steve Anthropus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he had family on the island, and they they had a party for us, and it was in in like a ghetto, uh, all these shacks, like you know. And we all through like load of doing, like you know, and it was crazy booze party, and all the neighbours were there, and and uh, and they had, they had a, a ghetto blaster and it was all and everyone's dancing singing and really funny I remember Terry Erlock doing a, a dance of his own it, it was just absolute fantastic time like Was Gillingham was Gillingham as a club happy for you to go go away with me or? To be honest with you I don't think they know they know I don't think they know you know I mean that night the night we we played away somewhere up north, and we'd go, used to go by train Gillingham the night of the whole game, the final game of the, no, no, the final game of the season, the Blackburn Rovers game. And um, I got off the train in London, obviously, and went straight to the den. Um, I left the team, but the teammates had, uh, had to get back, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I was on the Kent Road, you know, with, with the lads, like, you know, so yeah. it was, it was, it was led, it was great time, you know. And no walls, like I said, no walls my team, you know. Mm. I, I had longer at Gillingham, but um, I cast no walls on my team, you know. It's yeah. Probably the reason why is, you know, I had such success there. And, uh, you know, and that builds a camaraderie between that you never get, you know, anywhere else, really. No, exactly. So, it's, it's, uh, no disrespect to Gillingham. It's a completely different type of club, isn't it? Although it's not far yeah. in distance, it's a completely yeah. different type of club. Totally different, yeah. Totally different. It's a good club. Good club. I've got some great memories from there too, you know, but um, the highlight in my life and my career was in Millwall, you know, so mm. absolutely amazing, you know. If you could pick out, I always ask at the end, if you could pick out one standout memory from your time at the Den, could you do that? Whew. I'll take a couple. <laughs> well, <laughs> I remember there was one um, in getting there uh, I scored an own goal from the halfway line. This was in the first... I said highlights. The <laughs> in the first year, Doc uh, Doc was there. We were winning 1-0, and I think 10 minutes to go, the ball got knocked long, and I was running back, and I was right on the halfway line. I was, you know, We'd been pushed up, and it was just a quick a clearance of the keeper. And I just half volleyed it from the halfway line, and Paul Samson was in goal. He'd come out. He expected me to roll it, and it went off. It, it went off his head, obviously. And I was like, "Oh no, I'm going to get killed!" And in, I think in injury time, Rhino scored, and I can remember chasing Rhino all around the pitch because I knew he'd got me out of jail, sort of thing. Like, you know. <laughs> but uh, also it was one we played Man City uh, at home as well, and um, Paul Stewart was playing for Man City, uh, the ex Liverpool, Tottenham, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, big centre forward and. Me and him had been having a right tear up. And, um, and he got me, uh, just before half-time, eight stitches he got me there. He elbowed me and 
Um, I'd stitch it at half time and I spent the whole of the um, second half trying my best to kill him, you know. And I couldn't get him. And then just before the end, um, he he dropped back in into midfield and he got sandwiched in between Les and Terry. Oh. And then two and then two horrible bastards were you know what I mean? And I was laughing there because the, them two had got him because everyone knew I'd been having a battle with him. Yeah. And them two got him out, coming out of the side of him on the floor and, and got him that, you know. And, and I was like, I said a few words to him, as you can imagine that, you know. But it was all, we had a beer in the bar afterwards. It was, uh, it was quite funny, like, you know. But, yeah, yeah. I, but I had some great memories of it then. But like I say, the, one of the things that I used to love was when when the, the no one likes us used to go out my hair on the back of my... Yeah, my head used to go up, and uh, I used to feel like giant, you know, ten feet tall. I, I, I don't know whether you know I broke my neck. Did you hear about my injury in that? No. Um, uh, uh, when it was 13, 14 years ago now. Um, I, I, I work for the Northern Irish Football Association. I'm a coach educator. I teach people how to get the coaching badges. Oh, really? Yeah, I took Teddy through his. I took Ted, uh, I got Teddy his badge, and uh, Sean Dyche, Dim Shaw, yeah. another ex Millwall boy, and um, uh, Rhino, Macker, Andy Essentaler, all that lot. I've done, um, this year, I've done um, Stylian Petrov, uh, oh, it's Commendia, some, some big names. Commendia, you know? what player he was. Yeah, what a player! So you, so this is like, this is like, still to this day, what post football? Yeah, yeah, I do this now. Yeah, that's what I do for. for so you, you coach people how to get their coaching badges? How to get the badges? Yeah, I work the very, very top level. I work all the top pros. Wow, I've done, I've done um, uh, Eddie Howe at Bournemouth. I took him on, did him. Yeah, so, what's, what's you, so, so what exactly do you do for them? You, you teach them how to coach, basically. You teach them how to coach. Well, on like um. Oh, I know someone's gone and done their like sort of a license in uh, in Ireland somewhere. So, do you go over to a campus or something? Yeah, I go over every year. Wow. Go over all the time. Yeah, who's that? Who's gone over? Do you know Dean Frost? Of course, I took I took Frosty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I took Frosty. Yeah. And his mate, little uh, the little lad who's at Bangladesh now. Um, uh, Jamie Day, yeah. Jamie and his and Jamie's brother Adam. Adam, I went out to Canada today. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I grew up. Yeah. I grew up with with Dean Frost and Jamie. I was the same age as Jamie and his brother Dan. We played for Long Lane, North Kent, Kent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we. Frost, yeah, we is, Frost is a great lad. Great, real good mates. Yeah, love all them lads. Yeah. Yeah. And all, all loads and loads of people around here. Um, uh, yeah, some. Some. So, uh, all players. Did you say you, you you've done coaching badges with? I did. I did. Rhino. Um, Macca, um, who else? Um, Sean Dyche, like I say, Burnley, um, uh, Steve Lovell, uh, I'm trying to think of any others, Teddy, I think that's Cass was going to come on it, but backed out in the last minute. So, te so Teddy's done so, his um, matches, yeah. Teddy's got an air license, yeah. How long ago did he do that? It was oh, good. He, he managed Steve in a trip, didn't he? Stevenage, yeah, he went to Stevenage. It was, it was what he got the job at Stevenage. He had to get it, you know, to, to, right. to do it. Um, so I think it's his sort of thing management was it? Uh, I think he found that he struggled with the level because the, you know he'd been used to what some, he could do. Uh, he couldn't, they couldn't do it now. Yeah, um, but I think he had a massive. He, he didn't get a time, you know, eight months he got. That's all. It's nothing, is it? Yeah. You know, eight months. What's eight months? You know. And it just doesn't give you time. So like, when, like I say, when the doc came, if you look at the doc's team at the beginning of that season to the end of it, not the, I'm not talking about the championship season. I'm talking about the uh, '86 season. Um, it was, you know, massive changes. You know, to, you know, it takes time to get you right. And I think Teddy had something like 28 different personnel in those eight months. You know, Jesus Christ, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. You know, to a different extent, like. Not a management extent, but like that must be really much more interesting to do what you're doing there, the coaching side of things. Yes, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I did. I mean, um, I, I work. I usually do my work either at Maidstone United or Bromley. 
uh, Neil Smith up at Bromley, he's a big pal of mine. Uh, went up to Bromley and did um, Ricardo Carvalho. Yeah. Chelsea, yeah, the Chelsea centre half. And uh, Thiago, do you remember Thiago for Chelsea as well? Not, not the one who's who's um, Liverpool, you know, another one. Uh, did them up there. Uh, oh, sorry, just so you're, you're, you're obviously at, uh, at the highest level coach you could possibly yeah. be. Yeah. You never fancied taking that into management or into. Uh, a, I think, a, well, like I said, I, I managed a lot of non league clubs. Yeah. And I, I would, I could have, I could have been, in a, you know, I could have been at Mill Wall as you remember when, do you remember when um, Bob Pearson took over? Yeah. From the dock. Do you remember that? I'll tell you what it was. It was when Rhino and Mac were managers. Sorry. Yeah, like not late 90s. It was when um, that Rhino and Mac did it. And um, that was it. And Cali was the youth team manager. That's right, yeah. Um, and they wanted to promote Cali to the uh, to the uh, reserves, yeah? And we were on the golf course, me and Cali, and Bob Pearson, who was behind the scenes and running it, to be fair, like, you know, um, was on the phone to me on the golf course with Cali. Saying, come and do the youth team for us, and Cali and do the reserves, you know, and and he'd, he'd have like all four of that team in as as the, as the staff, really. But I'll be honest with you, mate. Like I was earning about grand at the time, and the offer was grand. Yeah, you know, <laughs> don't love the club that much. <laughs> uh, no, you know, and um, I was like, fuck this, like you know, I can't, I cannot do it, you know. I, I just couldn't do it. It was, it was just, and it, and and to be fair, youth team manager is twenty four seven, and I had I had my job down here at the time boxed off. I was playing golf every day. I was yeah, going in, getting everything yeah. organised. I had I had the best life in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, you know, so that I could have gone back. To be fair, like you know, the job yeah. was mine if I wanted it. And Cali was one of my best mates. You know, he was. Come on, Walsh, come on, you got to do it, you got to do it. We'll <laughs> run the place, it'd be the bollocks, you know what I mean? You're coaching, man, it's a really interesting yeah. one. Yeah, really yeah, I do, I did, I did points, um, you know, did, I worked with some top, top players, you know, and top uh, top people. Yeah. Been all over the world doing it. I went, uh, last year I was out in Reunion Island, in the Indian Ocean. You, you probably won't remember a, a lad who played for Celtic called Didier Agath. Um, I, I went out there twice. I went out. I went out for two weeks. This beautiful paradise tropical island in the Indian Ocean, just below Mauritius. Went out there for two weeks. Now, so did he pay for you? All I was doing was everything, business class, everything, and the lot. You know, so so sorry. So it's not. Yeah. Is it, so if, is it for you on a personal level? It's not for the FAs. You're like <coughs> a soul. Um, oh, I do. I do. I'm a freelance. That's what I'm saying. I, work, I, I used to work for the English cafe. Yeah, yeah, I used to work for them. But to be honest with you, they're not my favourite organisation, English cafe. Uh, they, uh, I'll, I'll say no more than that, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I was uh, at the time. I was working for them and for Northern Ireland cafe, and working for the Northern Irish cafe is an absolute pleasure. They are brilliant in what they do. Um, as, if you have a, have a look at who's gone through the Northern Irish FA system, I mean, like that like Winston Bogard, do you remember Winston Bogard? Yeah. 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 Oh, I've done all them sort of thing. Jim Magilton, um, um, Neil Lennon at Celtic, you know, Chris Sutton, you know, top, top players, mate, you know, mm. they all come through us. That's brilliant. And, You're um, freelance now, though. You're freelance. You just get, yeah, take yeah. Well, I'll come and see you then. Fly me over. Person. Yeah. That's what, that's what happened. What's up? Yeah. Been everywhere, been everywhere, been America loads of times, loads of times, Canada loads of times, um, Australia, went out to Australia, and out there, that was quality, mate. Yeah, I was out there for a few weeks, that, that was, that was ledged. Um, but actually, one of my great friends, uh, who's out there at the moment, besides Rhino, by the way, we know Rhino's out there, Joe Dolan, Joe, yeah, that Joe, what he's crazy, isn't he? Good mental. Mate, he calls me dad. Yeah, he's a uh, mental, mental man. Well, I took Joel through his badges in Ireland. It's actually Northern Irish, you know, and uh, and um, and uh, he was going to come down and see me, but couldn't quite. You know, it's a big place, Australia. Any, uh, I was in Sydney, and he's up on a Gold Coast, you know, so couldn't quite get there. But every time he comes over, 
uh, we get to have a, we have a game of golf and that and, uh, and have a crack. But he's another bonkers. He's bonkers, yeah. Yeah. Um, forgot about Joel. Yeah, he's another Millwall boy. He's, he's been really cool. Yeah, sorry. I was telling you, wasn't I? I um, broke my neck. Uh, I was out actually in Belfast working on the course. And um, all I did was head a ball. Um, next thing I know, I'm in an ambulance. Ended up three months in hospital in Belfast. I broke my neck and I was paralysed. Uh, I can't, I'm disabled, I'm registered disabled. I can, I, I can walk, but not very well, you know. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I really just struggled. From, just from heading the football? Just from heading the football. I had, I had, um, I had a, like an arthritic condition in, in my neck, which I didn't know about, called um, spinal stenosis. And it's a narrowing in the spinal canal. And my neck broke um, and, um, and it crushed my spinal cord. Like it didn't break my spinal cord, thank God, um, but it crushed it, flattened it, and there's holes in the spinal cord. So I had a message from my brain to my body and vice versa. Take longer or don't get there, or, you know. So I walk with the bad, real bad limp, and, and I, um, I'm very physically very weak. Uh, thank God it didn't affect my brain because um, my brain is what I use for my coaching, and and the, the higher up you get at coaching. The less you need to be physical, because a lot of it is just you need to run there, you need to do, you need to drop into here, you need to do, you know, it's more or less that rather than watch this. This is how you kick a ball, or this is how you turn, or this is how you dribble, which is the, the which is like at the lower levels, you know. So, so the higher up you go, the you know. Thank God I was already at that level when it happened. You know, continue doing it for, uh, for since twelve years ago. You still continue at the top level. Still doing it. Still doing it. Still doing it at the very top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so um, it's good and, you know, get by, get by you got to, aren't you, you know, so. Yeah, brilliant, man. That's, nice. yeah. That's a really, really, really good story. Really interesting one. I always finish with the same question, and this, if you could go out tonight for one last night out with three of your old Mill teammates, who are you taking with you? Sure. Um, probably... Uh, Callie, Callie would have to come. Callie's um, a big pal. Um, I, I actually play golf with Callie quite a bit. Um, play golf with Teddy all the time. Ted, I love, I like I, me and Teddy on great. I, I love Teddy come as well. And then, to be honest with you, one of the funniest lads at the club was already Brian Orn. You know, um, so I'd be tempted to get either between Orny and and uh, Terry. Terry's. Terry's the best, best night ever. But Alan Mack, to be honest with you, that whole squad, if I could, you know, I'd go out with that whole squad every night, you know. Um, they've all got there in a certain way. Some of them are miserable bastards, but funny miserable bastards, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there was constant banter between the lads, you know, as you can imagine. Uh, but uh, but Callie would definitely be in there and, uh, and, and Terry and Teddy, Orny, Alan Mack, it's, it's, I couldn't. I couldn't put Freddie free. It would, no, it would it's, be it's, it's a difficult question, but I don't think it's as difficult as the one I'm about to ask you. As soon as you played under both George Graham, John Docker, who was who was a better manager for you? Um, difficult one, that. Yeah, very difficult. It just popped into my head. I thought I'd ask you. Yeah, George taught. I would say the Doc was a better manager, a manager. Really? Um, yeah, in terms of getting out things that I'm me, the John, uh, sorry, George taught me more than any any coach has ever taught me. Well, to be honest with you, Frank McClintock came along and it added even a lot more to that as well. But 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 um, uh, George was brilliant on the training pitch. All that I didn't think George was great in the in the one-to-one -one with him, mm. you know, or, or in the dressing room. I don't think he was as good as the doc in that respect, you know. The doc was much better when he had a one-to-one -one chat with you, when he had, a, you know, um, a team talk, when he had, when he laid down what we were looking to do, what, all, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. But you've only got to look at George's record. George's, you know, I, I have the utmost, it's again, it's a bit like, I wouldn't like to say, who was, who was better, you know, they both had the strengths and the weaknesses. 
course, yeah. Um, mainly strengths, to be fair. And who am I to, to criticise either of them two? Mm. They've both been really successful in what they've done. Yeah, sounds and, like uh, if you could have had um, if you could have had George management, uh, George's management uh, tactical skills, and the Doc's man management skills, and put that into one, you'd have like one super manager, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's, yeah, I think so. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, brilliant. Well, Al, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, and my pleasure, mate. Any time, anything to do with Millwall, I'm, I'm mad for it. Brilliant. Legend. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 